This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. Well, holiday season is in full swing. This year is different than last year since we are gathering more and entertaining is back. Food is on our minds and indulging is way too easy. So today I want to talk about the most thought about and talked about thing, which is food. Joining me today is Andrea Saliba, holistic nutritionist and health coach. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from the West Coast. Hello, thank you for having me. So I thought a show that's dedicated to talking about food would be appropriate given the time of year. And it seems that this time of year is when people gain the most weight because of overindulging. So you promote a wholesome, balanced like diet, balanced meals. How do we maintain healthy eating during the holidays? Well, I think it's really important to just stick to what your routine has been. So if you have been doing meal prepping, for example, and eating healthy breakfast and lunch and dinner and including healthy snacks and getting movement into your day. I think it's just important to continue doing that, but also understand that because it is this time of the year, there may be more gatherings and more quote unquote temptations and that it's perfectly okay to enjoy those uh, when those come up in moderation, of course. Okay, so is it a good idea to starve yourself all day so that you can indulge at a holiday party? I hear this often, and let's just make it all clear. Well, I think this type of mentality is something that people have adopted from the diet culture, uh, which is, you know, something from years ago in the 80s and 90s. Uh, but this is actually very, very harmful for your body. So it doesn't mean just because you're about to have a holiday meal or go out with friends or whatnot to have, you know, a beautiful, lovely meal with dessert. It doesn't mean that you have to starve yourself. So what I recommend doing is to ensure that you are still consistently eating throughout the day, uh, maybe just limiting the amount of sugar you're having and ensuring that you're having enough protein at every single meal because protein is what's going to help you stay full and satiated and it's going to keep those blood uh, glucose levels stable all throughout the day so that when the evening hits, you don't all of a sudden have this rapid crash and burn, you're starving, and you will literally eat everything in sight. So by eating throughout the day just as normal, as I already mentioned, having protein at every meal, uh, this will help prevent that you know, ravishing hunger later mm-hmm. on in the day. Right. I think we've all experienced it where, you know, you're you're busy, busy all day. You're probably not thinking about food. Then you get to a party and you see all these delicious foods and you overindulge. Maybe not necessarily with the intention of starving all day, but you're just kind of, you know, getting about your day and then you get there and you make the poorest decisions first. And I feel like that's when things spiral downward because having a treat or having something that's maybe not considered, you know, perfectly healthy or always wholesome isn't the end of the world. I feel like we need to make this clear for people that, you know, you food is very, very important and making sure that you're looking forward to your meals is also an important part of being healthy. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. And, uh, you know, yes, of course, people get busy as this holiday season. They're, you know, busy working or, you know, getting out to get gifts or whatnot. 
So yes, that absolutely does happen. But I think as you've already stated, you know, knowing that nutrition and our health is so important that we do need to keep that in mind, uh, you know, so that we don't get into these situations where later we feel kind of crummy internally and Mm -hmm. um, feel like we didn't make the best choices for our body. So let's talk about portion control, because I feel like if we understand what a good portion is in any type of scenario, so whether you're eating a wholesome meal or whether you're eating a healthy meal or you're having an indulgent meal, we need to talk about portion control. Oh, yes. (laughs) So I'm a huge advocate of portion control because I feel like just as the years have progressed, our portions have gotten so large. And I think people don't really understand right now, you know, what a proper portion is. Now, with that also being said, you know, everybody's body is very unique and very different and everyone's nutritional needs are different. So, you know, uh, depending on your size, like your height, um, your activity level, you know, any type of um, illness or disease you may have in your body, all of these may factor into different portions for everybody. So I just want to lay that out first. However, there is kind of like a basic standard, um, you know, portion control that people could follow. And the one I like to follow is by using your hand. And the reason why I like the hand method is because it's so easy and you can use it anywhere you are, whether you're at home or out at a party. Uh, So basically how it is, is that you would use your hand. So for protein, it's a palm size amount for uh, complex carbohydrates like starch carbs. It's a cupped handful for fats. It's a thumb size amount. And for uh, vegetables or leafy greens, it's one to two fistfuls. And again, like I mentioned, it, this also depends on, you know, activity level and all those things I already mentioned. But this is a good place to start. And you can use this when you go to your holiday parties and that kind of thing so that you don't overeat and feel overly stuffed because there's nothing worse than mm-hmm. feeling bloated and having to unbutton those, you know, your button at the end of the night and not feeling so great. And so, you know, that that's a really good point. But it happens like sometimes we, you know, having a good time, you're with friends, loved ones, and you maybe overindulge or have that extra piece of something. So what should we do after an indulgent gathering? What is the first thing we do like the next day when we got when when we wake up? Well, I'm a firm believer in, again, you know, everything in moderation. So if that happens, which it it probably will, it's happened to all of us, myself included, I think we just need to release it and let it go. Just, you know, it's, it's holiday season. You're going to want to enjoy food. After all, food is pleasure and it should be enjoyed. So if that does happen the next morning, just acknowledge, you know, did I have a great night last night, you know? And that kind of thing. And I do believe that it is also equally important to be active the next day if that's how you feel. Like if your body doesn't feel good the next day, um, I do believe it is important to still continue with your healthy habits that you may have already had in place. So, you know, get out to the gym or go out for a run or a walk and and stay active. But I think the most important is to not, you know, mentally beat yourself up about it and just acknowledge that that's how it was and maybe keep that as a little reminder for later that you know the next party you have maybe uh remind yourself how that made you feel and maybe next time you can just you know 
think about your choices a little bit more. So, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love chatting with you because we have a lot of similarities and we have a lot of the same beliefs where it's about a healthy body, mind, and spirit. So for those individuals who feel guilty when they eat something that is not healthy, that's not a healthy attitude either, is it? No, definitely not. I mean, all that really does is puts you into a negative mindset. And from there, you will spiral even further. So, you know, when we feel guilty about a choice we make, um, as I've already mentioned, the word diet culture, and I'll probably keep repeating that because I really want people to understand that we need to look at things differently nowadays, you know. So being guilty about our food choices is simply just things that have been passed along to us and thought processes that have been uh, passed along to us through this quote-unquote diet culture. I think we just really need to learn that if we go in within our body and tune into what our body needs and really um, having a sense of compassion for ourselves and understanding that it's okay to enjoy these foods every so often um, and just kind of release that guilt. There shouldn't be any guilt around food. I know that sometimes it can happen, because especially if you're trying to make a better change in your health and the way you feel, but realize that you're also a human being Mm -hmm. and that, you know, human beings, we do get tempted. And again, it's perfectly okay. Just drop that and move forward and think to yourself, what can I do today or tomorrow to make better choices for myself? How can I implement better choices next time? And just be really mindful of that. Mm-hmm. And also just reminding ourselves, and I do this often, I say this to myself and I encourage my patients, you know, tomorrow is a new day. And I feel like that's a great place to start. But how important is maintaining your fitness during this hectic, um, crazy busy time with gatherings coming up? How do we, how is that going to impact um, your health and keep your weight down? Well, in a, in a weight perspective, it's definitely going to help, you know, because when we move our bodies, we're burning calories, right? So if you are eating extra calories than you normally would, um, you know, exercising will help at least maintain your body weight. But more importantly, during this time of the year, many, many people are very stressed out. If it's not because of the time of year, just, you know, getting things ready for Christmas, uh, but also, as we've already talked, like they're maybe eating a bit more and that kind of thing, and you're maybe working a bit more than you normally do, it's important to keep that exercise up because that's going to help combat your stress and and just kind of take your stress levels down a notch. I don't know about you, but when I exercise, it's my time. This is carving out that 30 minutes, that hour to myself where I can just put my phone away, not worry about work, not worry about kids or anything else, and just zone into me, my body, and helping to reduce those stress levels. So I really think at this time of the year, especially um, for mindset it's uh, or mental health, I should say, is is even greatly more important. I, I kind of I couldn't agree with you more, and that leads me to ask you about meal prepping. So, exercise is important, carving out that time for yourself. But what about meal prepping? I'm really big on meal prepping, um, and is it a good idea to continue this even during the holiday season? Do you think that it's going to encourage us to make choices that are better for us during the day, so that we can make healthier choices when we're out? 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of meal prepping um, and, and prepping meals in advance. And it doesn't have to be anything, you know, greatly spectacular. It can just be as simple as having some cooked quinoa in your fridge and some hard boiled eggs for quick snacks to grab and go or chopped up veggies. It really doesn't have to be, you know, very elaborate. And this is going to help you uh, to prevent you from, you know, going out to your, you know, local Starbucks or wherever mm-hmm. to pick up maybe like an unhealthy treat um, when you're in a rush. So when you have these foods ready and prepped, you're more likely to eat them because they're there and ready to go because everything's about convenience, especially as we are very, very busy. It's having those things ready and available to you. And I think what intimidates people, at least what I notice when, I, when I'm coaching clients, is that they just don't have the time, they say. It's really hard to carve out that time. And again, I want to stress, it doesn't need to be this hour-long process. You know, it can just be as simple as uh, mentioned, uh, you know, boiling that quinoa, go jump in the cha- in the shower or like, you know, throw some, you know, salmon or chicken breasts on a pan, put it in the oven, go take your shower, come back and they're ready to go put it in your glass Tupperwares and off you go kind of thing. So it just simple little things. It doesn't have to be anything too complicated. And trust me, it goes a long way and it does make a difference. I, 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 you know what, that's, that's how I conduct my daily life. And I get frustrated if I should, if I'm not prepared for that, because you're right, a hard boiled egg, a handful of nuts. I mean, you can carry those with you anywhere and you can eat them anytime. Those are a couple of great ideas. Uh, And that'll also avoid cravings. Am I right? So what causes cravings and how can we avoid them? Oh yeah. So this is a great big topic, but um, you know, I'd say the the number one thing that, well, there's quite a few things that could be the reason why you're having cravings, but we were just talking about meal prepping, being prepared and having those uh, snacks and meals on hand. So if you are someone who's not eating enough throughout the day, or perhaps you're not um, eating satisfying meals that contain the three main macronutrients, which are protein, complex carbohydrates, and healthy fats, you're going to find that you tend to be a little hungrier and you may even get cravings later in the day. And especially if you're not eating enough protein. So I usually see this in my clients when they are a bit scarce on some of their meals or they're not eating consistently throughout the day, they're skipping meals. What happens is later on in the day, you know, the blood, the insulin levels just aren't stable throughout the day because they didn't have enough protein or they weren't eating meals consistently or um, in a proper macronutrient um, uh, quality. So then they tend to have more cravings later on in the day. Another thing that can be a factor to this is not drinking enough water throughout the day. So, uh, you know, if people are dehydrated because they're not drinking water, this sometimes can be confused with hunger or wanting something to munch on. Uh, And lastly, and most importantly, um, you know, hormones, your females, especially our hormones, sometimes if we're not having enough protein again, which helps stabilize those insulin levels in the body, uh, then that can also lead to cravings as well. So ensuring that we're always eating well-balanced meals is your best way to kick cravings. 
I love that. So getting enough protein and making sure that we're prepared. When we come back, is oatmeal good for you? That and so much more. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Andrea and I talked about tips on how to curb cravings, how to avoid holiday weight gain, and now I want to focus on foods and habits that we think are healthy but can lead you down an unhealthy path. So I love oatmeal, and I eat it often, and I make it in so many ways, And um, but I get so many mixed messages about whether it's a healthy choice or not. So... Is it good for a perimenopausal woman? Um, Okay, so yeah, I'm going to say yes to this because oatmeal, and especially if you buy like a good quality oat, so that's where I want to stress first is the quality of oats, okay? So a gluten-free oat is what I would recommend in Mm -hmm. non-GMO. There's a lot of great ones on the market right now. So oatmeal, oats are rich in fiber, And as we enter perimenopause, it's really important to incorporate more fiber into your diet. Um, As we hit kind of the age of 40, our risk of um, having heart disease or heart attacks increase. And what's wonderful about oats and oatmeal is that they um, are, are high in fiber and they're really good for heart health. Okay, so I can eat my oatmeal and I make it so many different ways. I make my own granola, I do overnight oats, I make oat pancakes, and I do use a great brand. So that's the key is good quality oats. And do you recommend a certain time of the day that I should and shouldn't consume oatmeal? So I would say if you're going to do your oatmeal, it would be in the morning, um, especially after you haven't eaten for so many hours. They have that good quality. They're a good quality complex carbohydrate. They've got that fiber, as I mentioned. But what's key here is, and as you've already mentioned, you know, there's conflicting uh, talks about oatmeal, right? I think it's really because of the quality. But also, uh, for some people, there's not enough protein in oatmeal. So if you were to look at like a bowl of oatmeal, depending which one, of course, I'd say there's roughly around six to eight grams of protein. It all varies though, depending which ones you're choosing. That's not really enough, at least for someone like myself who's very active, that definitely would not be satisfying. So what I actually do with my oatmeal now, and it's it's a great idea for many people, is I take um, a scoop of protein powder that has at least 20 to 25 grams of protein, and I mix it in a mixer bottle with some um, dairy-free milk, shake it up, and I pour it all over my cooked oats and stir it together. It is so delicious, and it's totally bumps up your protein to another level and you will stay more satiated for a longer period of time. And you've got that uh, mix of protein and carbohydrate, which is the golden ticket towards staying satisfied longer throughout your morning. I love that. I never thought of adding protein to my oatmeal. I'm going to do it. Now, my next Mm -hmm. question is about dried fruit. So I love dried fruits. I love dates. I love dried figs. I like dried nectarines. Um, But how often should we consume them, if at all? And can we substitute those for sugary treats? 
Well, this is a little bit of a tricky one as well. So you do have to be careful with certain dried fruits because a lot of them contain sulfites, you know, so which mm-hmm. aren't, um, aren't, you know, beneficial to your health. Um, and it depends how the dry, the fruit is dried. So if it's, uh, containing additives, then I would say no, because that could be more, there could be more sugar in it. I'm personally not a fan of dried fruits. Um, the only one that I, I kind of snack on myself personally is the naturally dried mango that I get from Costco. And again, you do have to limit your portions because they still are very high in sugar and um, high in calories. So is it okay to have? Sure. In moderation, is it better than having, say, a chocolate bar? I would say yes, if it's, you know, natural, natural. Um, other than that, I would still say you have to monitor your portions on it. Okay, so monitor those dried fruits and have them only every so often. I got it. Okay, so I'm an 80s, 90s girl, and I remember my mom being cautious of her calories. Should we still count calories? I think a better point to say is to make your calories count. So in my programs, when I'm coaching clients, I don't really do harsh calorie counting with them, but I do get them to be mindful of the calories. I think there is a difference here. So one saying counting calories sometimes can be very obsessive for a lot of people where they have to input how many calories they've eaten. And and then sometimes this can be very, uh, you know, it can cause a little bit of negativity in the body and it can cause them to feel like they're being restricted. So rather, I like to use that portion control method we talked about earlier, using your hand. When we do this, this technically um, helps you stay in check with your calories. And I think what's more important is to really focus on having 50% of your plate being non-starchy vegetables, which are naturally low glycemic and low calorie and incorporating protein at every single meal. So when we do that, naturally you're keeping those calories in check. And yes, I do think it is important to be mindful. So for example, if you're munching on a bag of chips mindlessly, those calories can add up. Those are empty calories. Those ones aren't filling you up and providing your body with nutrients. For example, though, if we're looking at like avocado, it still may have a higher calorie content but it also does provide you with fiber and healthy fats, which will keep you fuller for longer, balance your blood glucose levels, and won't cause uh, you know, further cravings and binge eating like, say, a bag of chips would or you know, chocolates and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Now, I think it was Hippocrates that said, let food be thy medicine. So how can we promote a healthy relationship with food? So one where food can heal and promote longevity. Well, um, you know, I know this all too well because, you know, years and years ago I did um, have an, uh, an eating disorder. So I think it's coming from a place of being happy with yourself, your body, and, and rather than focusing so much on how you want your body to look, I always get people to focus on how do you want your body to feel every single day and how do you want your body to function? I think these are two really important questions because when we really think about how do I want my body to feel, because sometimes people focus so heavily on wanting to lose weight, um, and I understand a lot of people do have unhealthy weight to lose, but the thing is, is if you're coming straight from a place of just focusing on that and not 
so much on how you really want to feel inside. You know, even when you reach your goal, you won't feel truly satisfied. So, um, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean just because you fit back into those jeans that you couldn't wear six years ago, that your body will necessarily function at its best. So when we focus on feeding our body with proper nutrition, incorporating enough protein so that our body can heal, our body can have healthy, balanced hormones, which is a key point, especially for women, that hormone balance is such an important thing, um, then that's when we can really mend our relationship with ourselves and come to a place where we understand that our health really is number one and the way we feel ultimately is also number one. And I love that. And is this one of the reasons why you're releasing a cookbook very soon? Oh, yeah. So my uh, cookbook is out. It's called Happy and Wholesome. It's available right now on my website. Um, And in this cookbook, I call it actually more of a wellness guide. So there is 85 plus recipes that are healthy and nutritious. But in the beginning of the book, I talk a lot about the things we've just spoken about, about really having a better relationship with yourself and with food and really focusing more so on how you want your body to feel and function every day for an overall happy and wholesome life. And so the recipes, I, I, I love this idea of a cookbook and I didn't realize it was already out. So that's good to know so we can get it on your website. But what is the level of difficulty of your recipes? So I'm a mother of four. And when I was kind of creating these recipes, I was thinking to myself, okay, if I don't have too much time in the kitchen, I'm sure many other people don't either. So a lot of the recipes are very, very quick and simple Uh, you know, under, I'd say between 30 to 45 minutes maximum. Uh, And a lot of them are, as I already mentioned, healthy and nutritious. And they're the type of meals that you can prep and keep in your fridge for the week, which is awesome for a lot of people. Yeah. And I feel like that's the direction that we should all be going is just being organized, making healthy things available to us as for, for us, as well as for our children, because we need to set them up with the option to make healthy choices when possible. Is this how you are raising your four kids? Oh, yes. I try my best. I mean, they're all, you know, getting a little older now and trying to make their own decisions and choices. But at the end of the day, it's just about me showing them the example every single day. Like, these are what's healthy. These are the foods we, you know, eat in moderation and then allow them also to make their own choices and decisions and feel how those foods feel in their own body and they, you know, go from there. Now, with the new year upon us, are you going to be um, having another group uh, session as you did last time? When was the last? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yes, my uh, the 30-day wellness journey will start back up again on uh, January the 10th. And there's now the option to uh, come into the journey for 30 days or 60 days. So there's lots of uh, coaching with me. You're always feeling supported and guided. And I think that's one thing that's really important for a lot of people who are trying to make a change in their health. You know, you can easily download a meal plan off the internet, but the difference here is that you're having a coach by your side. And when you have that support system and accountability, the results become so much more drastic and real. I love it. And I cannot wait to get my copy of the cookbook. What is it called again? 
It is called Happy and Wholesome, and it retails for $39.99 Canadian. You can get it on my website at andreasaliba.ca. Awesome. I'll definitely be doing that. Andrea, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. It's always a pleasure. And if listeners want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Yeah, so they can uh, check me out on Instagram. My handle is Andrea underscore Saliba dot nutrition, or they can go to my website at Andrea Saliba dot CA. Perfect. And you can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.